Bass. 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 Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. I'm I'm And this is Fools with Tools, the podcast for the sleepy star killer. Bass. Uh, yes, this is this is Fools with Tools. Um, everyone's a little bit tired. Uh, those two have had less sleep than a not yeah, very sleepy. Go for it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, th- this is this is the podcast. This is what we do. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we aren't We're sorry. this disorganized. <laughs> um, that's kind of a lie. Uh, yeah. So, gentlemen, how are you? What's everyone been up to? Al, why have you had no sleep? Uh, work. Um, but. Dubstep. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Steve just went step. Step. <laughs> no, I, I burped, but tried to cover it. Oh, it, it, it was a poor attempt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh this weekend um i managed to finish off the project that i'm working on which is great it's all filmed it's all done uh however depending on how long this shit show goes on tonight i may take it apart and overcomplicate it um just to add extra beans to the pile um because i've got some i've got some fun little ideas that could just make it a little bit a little bit more interesting project um uh, on Saturday, um, I had the pleasure of um, quaffing a few beers and having some chicken with Phil from Dark Star. So he's been on a, uh, a yay. Phil's back. Uh, Fivel goes west, um, <laughs> and he's 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 just come back to the UK. So we caught up on all his uh, Maker beers, discussed Maker Central things coming up. Uh, it was just nice for a bit of R and R and get get out of the house, not worry about work. Um, and relax for a bit. So that was cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then back to it. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, Brett, what about you? Well, it's been a slightly busy last few days since we chatted. Um, I got the table work table step stool video up this weekend, which felt good. Um, I like hearing everybody's thoughts and comments about it. Obviously, the the discussion we had leading up to me putting the video out, uh, I was really keen on how the you know the fold away step stool thing went. And again, it would have been like kind of a generic build video that I may not have been super keen on. But I think Tanda Madison may have put it best. As she goes, I like that it was basically here's how to make a table, and then there was an encore where you built the interesting part of it. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's. It's a good sense of things. It's like, Al, like what you're saying. Um, it's like, I always try and think of how to add a few more beans, a few more beans to the end of the build, right? Just to make it something a little bit more unique. So uh, amidst that, I've been finalizing paperwork on the cabin property thing that I was hinting at last week. Um, I had to have a few more discussions with the gentleman who is the property owner slash seller because I 
you know, have never done this before. And I'm a little intimidated just by seeing like numbers and the pile of paperwork that comes attached to this situation. And the fact that it's like, it's not up to residential code. It's just this like livable cabin thing. So there's a little bit of this pre-work and I've obviously never like up, upscaled a house or taken a house from like guts to livable. So I'm excited and I, I think I can officially say that I'm going to I'm going to own the place and I will have a new <laughs> living space slash I have to build a forge workshoppy type situation. It is a seven hundred maybe square foot rectangle on a concrete slab with more concrete slab poured outside. So it's a blank slate. I'm very excited. Um, and I feel like there's a thousand projects that I immediately want to get into. And then it becomes a question of like, yes, but what do I really need? Like how much time will I spend, uh, adding bells and whistles and, you know, making a mailbox. I have to make a mailbox because there's no mailbox and I would like to make one. Um, and then, yeah, I got that. I got to get that finalized today. Um, I got back at six o'clock in the morning. So six hours ago, picking up uh, or, or taking a shuttle drive to Las Vegas to pick up the iJessup, who they've all been at WorkbenchCon. I heard it went over very, very well. Seems like everyone had a great time. Um, our little foolish crew that was hanging out the whole time posted a lot of photos. And the Maker Monster seems like he had a grand old time. And like Mary Lou is there and Michael Ulm and Wesley and a few of the folks that end up kind of on our end of the, of the weirdo spectrum. So it was nice to see all those folks hanging out, cool. but now uh, we are back. I, uh, in a pre-show you were talking about the fact that, uh, it might take a little while to get power to your, uh, new abode. Uh, I definitely think if you're building a mailbox, it should be a no power mailbox. So build it with, no power tools whatsoever. Oh, Steve. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind the idea, and it's not going to be a surprise, but it is absolutely going to be a pirate ship. Yeah, obviously. And the flag, the mailbox flag, is going to be the main mast that <laughs> will go up and down. Like, think of like how a ship in a bottle is constructed. Yeah. I want to do that. But yeah, technically, I could do that with sheet metal and you know, hand riveting stuff, but I hate you in advance, Steve, for even suggesting such a thing. <laughs> I was just thinking it, it gives you something to do whilst you wait for power. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Because if there's anything that I'm <laughs> that I'm really excited to do, it's to sit around and do yeah. like extremely long term projects that if, oh, if you I could had do... power. Oh, so don't don't uh rivet it together. What you want to do is uh like repousse the whole lot. Oh fuck you. No <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to deal uh, with wood grain on repose. It's yeah. going to be perfect. Uh, yes. But sorry, that, yeah, that... So it's exciting. It's exciting. And I I do want to know what you've been up to, Steve, first of all. But um, you guys know more about like property ownership than I do and all the, all the things involved in having a workspace near or attached to your living space. I hope we can talk about that. I was going to yes. say the, 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 the paperwork that's dotting you. I've only bought a property once, and that was in a foreign country. So imagine the fucking paperwork I had to go through for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah pa paperwork when it comes to home ownership is like i i very quickly found that actually you don't need to know that much you just need to be willing to sign your name on a lot of forms <laughs> in a lot of places that's what it and seems I'm just like. kind of going like yeah okay this is fine <laughs> i guess they know who i am now yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just put an x no no one will know it's fine there you go um so what have you been up to steve uh uh what have i been up to this week has been lots of lots of stuff uh it's been a really busy week i don't really know what i've done um <laughs> but i had a day uh well, I, I was away for a day and there was a lot of stuff that needed doing but a lot of stuff that needed doing that needed him there to do it so i ended up with a day off uh i like you but uh thank you uh <laughs> but decide but because there was a load of stuff that i needed to work on for myself um went into the workshop uh to basically use all of Al's tools because there's more of them than there is of my tools uh but um i decided to take my nephew with me joel who is 13 um and because i'm doing uh, all of the classes now uh we've we've been through um uh, the Blade in a Day workshop. Hmm. Um, so learning Al's tricks and tips for teaching um, blacksmith knives. And uh, uh, yeah, so it was kind of a, just a good opportunity to to kind of put into practice the stuff that we'd gone through. Um, so spent the day with Joel, um, got him making a, a little blacksmith knife. Uh, and whilst he was working on that, I was working on my brother's Christmas present from two years ago. Uh, which, <laughs> One day, Steve. One day. Yeah. Well, it's his birthday on Wednesday when this comes out. So I kind of said, well, may maybe if I give it to him then, then it's a very old Christmas present plus a birthday present. So it's fine. Uh, so I'm hopefully going to be finishing that up um, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and also did... Another class, but it was the first time I've led a class with Al being my assistant, hmm. um, which was a really, really weird experience for the pair of us. Um, but it was really good uh, in a lot of other ways. It was good for him because he got to see a lot of stuff that he doesn't normally see because it's very, very different being um, teaching a class to assisting it. There's When you're assisting, there's a lot more things that you kind of pick up on and, and realize and, and things like this. And it was... I think it was quite good for him to see it from that perspective. Um, so we've got a few bits uh, we want to work on from that. Um, there's some more tools and things that need making uh, a little bit more refining to how we're actually teaching the course and what we're we're making on it. But, but yeah, all in all, it was quite a successful class. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I, I had something else that was actually quite interesting that I'd got. Nah. It was. Nah, I'm so, almost positive you didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. So instead, we are going to talk a little bit more about, uh, not about Brett, about Brett's new situation uh, and the whole, like, having a, a workshop where you live and all the good things about that. So... To kind of get us onto that, Brett, do you want to just say a little bit about your plans for uh, the new place and what you're actually going to do workshop-wise? Yeah. Um, so lots of ideas and, and thoughts came to mind when 
the decision got a little bit more finalized. It was like, oh my God, I could do this or I could do this or this is another option or, or maybe I can, uh, you know, integrate the workshop area a little bit better into like the tiny living space or something, which is not going to be the case. I mean, I'm already pretty limited on the size, but it's, it's going to work really well for my needs. And the fact that it has uh, such a large lot or, or plot of land attached to it, um, there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to, you know, maybe attack some bigger projects or at least just have the space to myself. The, the kind of the series of steps that are, are presented at the moment are the fact that it doesn't have power run to it. Um, it's technically wired out for it, but you know, I have to go through permitting processes and we don't know how much the actual electricity installation is going to cost. It could be that I'm close enough to the nearest power pole that they, you know, connect me to service and we're good to go. Or it could be, I have to get them to install an entirely new power pole, which is going to be $10,000 or something like that. Um, there's going to be some limitations because of the interior space, but you know, the idea that I can build kind of a, a three wall forge or, or some relatively simple structure to hold all of the shop gear that I've got, as well as turn it into kind of the ship shop 2.0. It's, it's becoming a challenge of, of how to optimize a small space, but it is mine. So I have full control over it, which I've never had before. Right. Like the, the hack shack or Steve, your forge are really good examples, except for, I know your forge space, you're not necessarily able to, uh, like on offer or really change yeah. anything about it. Are you? Yeah. There's, there's very little in terms of the actual, uh, space. There's nothing I can do. Like I can't even run extraction out through the, the window. That's actually just a hole in a wall with a bit of perspex in it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, because I've, I've got a, a different forge, um, that I want to. That's got a, a built-in hood and everything. Kind of want to run extraction out through there so that I can light the forge up and work in there without um, destroying my lungs. And I can't. Um, mm. And like my, the every wall in the uh, the workshop is soaking wet, and I can't run any more than an extension lead from inside the other property into it. So everything in the forge runs off of a single power socket so, oh well that's that's fine yeah i know i'm on board al, with that yeah yeah al al you have to feed extension cord out to the shack right yeah yeah so do you have limitations as far as the structure goes or or legally did you have limitations in terms of running power out there or was it just a decision to say like i don't need this i'll just run an extension cord so the, there's limitations to the structure, definitely, in terms of like how far it had to be from the building, how far it had to be from the neighbors, how tall it could be, the footprint. There's like a maximum size for the footprint. How like there's a maximum height of the eaves. Like everything is like really kind of red tape. Um, in terms of power, um, I could run like proper cabling, like you know, like a sixty amp circuit to out there and, and put a, a secondary um consumer unit in there like a garage unit um but that would have to be done to code and i need to get someone to do that so like i i could yeah. do it because um, oh, right, right, right. there's a spare breaker on my 
on my unit in the house, so I could run it, but it it, it wouldn't be above board. Um, yeah. So if yeah, if I was going to get that done, I'd have I'd have to actually get that properly signed off and official and stuff. Well, maybe it's yeah. just maybe it's just my uh, perspective because I'm obviously excited about the prospects of of all of these these new options that are available to me, but. Um, I'm I'm starting to become very aware of you don't you don't necessarily just get to go. I'm going to build Serenity in my backyard. <laughs> like somebody would find me and go. There's paperwork and yeah, something yeah. that you need to do, or you can't do that. And so, as much as we are all very uh, capable of of either building things or modifying things, when it comes to you know your house or your workshop that is near or connected to your house, you're actually there's limitations that you run into just based on like, oh, I guess I'll get a table saw. Well, you don't have electricity for that. Now what? <laughs> Which can be can yeah. be like a fun and interesting challenge, but at the same time, like, uh, I guess I guess I just need to become a lot more, or I'm going to become a lot more aware of what it means to not have, you know, all this electrical run through the building, like at Jimmy's place, or all of these. Uh, three phase power in the barn and and all this stuff. So it's just going to be it's a lot of new experiences. I mean that, that that's crazy big tools and and that's that's Jimmy's gig. But like in the three years I've been in there, running welders, heaters, you know, I've n- I've never tripped a breaker. So you know, I don't I don't I don't particularly need more power. I don't think for what I do, uh, relatively small scale, small tools. I don't have a big three horsepower fucking table saw or anything like <laughs> a bandsaw or anything like that. So. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I think I can get by with what I, what I have. It's also like, it's not my property, it's rented. So anything that I do like that, that is a bit of a big step. Um, I don't think my my landlady would be comfortable, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think yeah. She, she, she always kind of winces and pulls faces when I'm like doing stuff there in the shed as if it's not a, like, oh, a shed should just be for keeping things in. Whereas yeah. like, actually, no, it's a fucking workshop. And I'm yeah. in there doing stuff and, and building stuff. And I think even to the point where um if you're if you're doing stuff from home that's like technically work, you have to declare it. So like I, I can't I can't rent the property yeah if, unless it's purely residential. Yeah. So even me yeah, like, like, like a few t shirts. Yeah, right? even me like knocking up a few t shirts or anything that's like um to sell, I can't do from a rented property like this. Oh my lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think a lot of that is kind of um, there's. It's kind of a gray area because there oh, are. Oh yeah, like, it, it's so it's like, not really a sweatshop in the fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you, the, there's allowances, so you can do like a sensible amount. Same as like, uh, if you've got a, um, a, a a a business at home, like you're you're selling uh, odds and sods that you make. Like you're allowed to make X amount a year before it becomes. Um, uh, uh actually taxable yeah interesting well yeah i mean the uh the self-employment situation that goes on over here um taxations can get kind of weird but the advantage that you have to either owning a property or or um having a workshop that you put money into and work out of is mm-hmm. there's a lot of um you always hear the term write-offs, you know, your tax yeah, yeah. write-offs. And yeah. um, the there's a lot of potential for me to, like, increase the property value, you know. But I'm not necessarily planning on 
flipping this place in the near future. Like it's going to take me a lot of work and I'd like to be able to live there. Um, but there's a certain amount of uh, allowance with either the bank that you're financing through or, or however the hell you're doing the money situation where um, every so many amount of dollars towards increasing the property value actually gets taken out of the overall loan or the financing situation. So like basically yeah. any money you put into it gets, isn't taxed or, yeah. or that you get like a, a good graces at the end of the year when you have to fill out your taxation. So there's like, you know, it's, it's daunting knowing the paperwork and the amount of responsibility that gets taken on. But basically any value that I add to this place and like the, all the potential projects that I see are only going to be beneficial for not only me, but hopefully the property at the end of times, at the end of all things, um, if I decide in, in a couple of years or however long that, you know, it's time to move on to the next thing, I, uh, there's a lot of potential for the value of the property. Just even getting it up to code as far as uh, residential will bump the value of it because <laughs> I had to learn this one. Typically, you go through like a bank to get like a financial loan, you know, or a mortgage loan. Um, but if the property is not residential or not single family, no bank will even look at you. They will just be like, no, thank you. It's not a livable space. So like it could be, you know, four sticks and a roof. <laughs> and you could declare that it cost a million dollars and just, yeah, it could be a huge lie. So there's... I'm going off on a bunch of tangents because my brain's not working this morning, but really the stuff that's been uh, on my brain has just been all the projects. Like where do you even get started when it's something like a blank slate that is, you know, a livable space or a workshop space. If you're given a blank backyard, like the hack shack, Al, like what were your steps to go? I think I know what I want to do here, or I know I need a workshop. What were your steps? Maybe not necessarily paperwork wise, but to like, where did you even start? I know you do everything in SketchUp. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was literally that. It was find out because I know people have been burned before with like uh, the council and things you, you're allowed to do and things you're not allowed to do. So the first thing I did was like find out exactly. So I knew before anyone asked me any questions how big it could be, what it could be used for, where it had to be situated, what it could be made of. What you know, like I I found all that legal stuff out first. Because the last thing I wanted to do was be like halfway through a project, put in a load of money into it, and then suddenly have to either change what I'm doing or pull it all yeah. down. Like when I was out with Phil at the weekend, he was telling me that's what he had to do with his, because he basically just being a bit of a, a maverick, he just put shit up in his garden and didn't bother thinking about any of those things. <laughs> and, and all and all it takes is one little like snitchy neighbor to be peeping through the curtains and and, yeah. and, and, and snitch you up. Wow, um, that's awful. Yeah, so then, you know, you, you're stuck halfway through a project, you know, you've got to either take it down or get rid of it or start again, and it's just like, yeah. I, I didn't want that hassle. I didn't I didn't have the time, if, if nothing else, because I had, like, I think three weekends in a row to get this thing up, mm -hmm. um, and even that was, like, a battle against the weather. So it was, it was, then it was a case of right priorities. I need the roof up, right? Well, that's the last thing to go up. Okay. So I better hurry yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steve, do you have situations like that given your personal forge? 
or or even the uh you know i'd I'd like to hear about the the stories that we hear from you and alex when we've been over there about how you guys have to shut down at certain times because the neighbors or or the township or whatever you can't make too much noise but it's like a professional blacksmith shop so (laughs) yeah i mean the, the that's all to do with um with the licensing on the property so originally it was a a, 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 uh, it, it, basically it was a, a farmyard um uh and it had um like a license for agricultural use um but not for light industrial which is essentially what we are now um so we had a load of back and forth with that um and uh, long story short someone that lived near to the forge complained about um us and about the fact that we were running a business from what is essentially a farmyard um we then spoke to the council or the council spoke to us um and we ended up with uh being granted um light industrial usage uh but that restricts what hours we can actually work and how many things we can do and everything um but as it turned out they actually granted us more hours than we were doing already so we because we always used uh yeah because we always used to try and uh make sure we were shut down by um five o'clock and you know we we tried not to do very many uh or very much stuff at the weekends and things like that um where now do i think it's not till p.m uh six days a week um plus uh i think it's 10 to four on a saturday um and that's 365 days a year. So it, it now essentially means that we can work whenever we want um, without having to worry about it, um, which is good for us. Not so good for the woman that complained about us making too much noise. But um, <laughs> it just, yeah. But I mean, some, the some only people reason... are complaining not because the noise even bothers them. They just want to complain. You know, they want to stick yeah. their nose in. You might, not, yeah. you might not even be bothering her. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is the thing. She'd lived there for... Uh, God knows how many years, like the entire time that we'd been there. Um, and she complained about the noise. And then the only, uh, like the only kind of sound barrier that she had was a huge bunch of Leylandis at the end of her garden. And then she, uh, she wanted us to grant her access to the yard so that she could cut down the Leyl- the Leylandi, which were her only sound barrier. And it's like, the noise can't bother you that much. If you want to cut down your only sound barrier, you idiot. Um, but yeah, ge- like the genuinely, the only reason that we got uh, given the um, the license is because we run courses. Um, so they were a bit reluctant to do it until they found out that actually we run courses and that as well. Um, and then that was it. As soon as we said we ran, we ran courses, they couldn't do enough to help us um, because Great. of the kind of way that things go around here. I'm just going to tell the city of the desert that I did. I will be doing courses and then maybe everyone will help me out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's for the children. It's for yeah. the children of the desert, the desert rat children. I think there's, <laughs> there's, there's this, it's a bit of a shame. Like if you, if it's your own place and like within the limits, as long as you're not kind of upsetting anyone or disturbing anyone, like I think it's really harsh that you can't kind of do what you want there. Yeah. Especially if it's like a construct, you know, you're being, creative or constructive or doing something for yourself 
um, or for others, you know, or teaching classes or something. Yeah. There should be some kind of, you know, it's my property, you know, English home is his castle kind of thing. Like what, it's almost like your right to kind of be able to do what you want in there. And that's always appealed to me in terms of living where I work. So like, obviously I'm I'm in a rented place at the moment and it's a, a property that like does not suit me at all. Like I, I, I moved here in different circumstances and this house was meant for something completely different. Um, yeah. But now I'm kind of stuck here in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a fashion um, and I don't need this house, you know? Yeah. I, I want I want the workshop and I want a bed. Like all yep. I would want is the fucking bed in the workshop if I could. <laughs> um, you know. What about a toilet? Somewhere to shit. There you go. <laughs> um, and, you know, like... I can cook anywhere. I can cook on a forge. I can, you know, like yeah. those basic, like I, I, I really like kind of the tiny homes and things that people are building where it's just yeah. serving the purpose and then use the space you've got for the thing that you're actually doing, you know, not just yeah. lying around or sitting around on your ass. Like if I'm going to have a property, I'd want it to be the other way around. So the flip is not, you know, people joke about like the, the house and how big's the garage because they want to put the workshop in the garage and it's like yeah you know it's no it's how big's the garage and what's the house attached to it like <laughs> like, yeah. like get your priorities right like um but it's always appealed to me this this kind of like whether it's in a warehouse or like a, a kind of old unit or garage unit or something where you, you can you can do the kind of light industrial stuff where you can make noise you can make a mess it's got the power you need it's got the utilities you need it's not precious. It's yeah. Like I used to, I used to live in a twelfth-story apartment in Amsterdam and do like woodworking in the living room, <laughs> you know. And it was fucking stupid, but in like, yeah. it caused a load of mess. And it, and, it, and that was like a, a studio apartment where it was open plan. One, it was literally one room, mm-hmm. one yeah. room and a bathroom. So like the 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 mess I was making there it just wasn't practical. Whereas I want the opposite. I want a workshop where I can do what I want that happens to have like sleeping quarters in the corner or like a mezzanine or something where you can just, you know, yeah. shut out the dust and, and, cr- and, and work till whatever you want and crash and, and get up and be, be kind of in charge of your own time. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause that's what uh, me and jazz are always kind of looking at what else is out there. I mean, yeah. the, the situation's changed. Like this is when I was uh, earning good money. We mm-hmm. basically, we, we were looking at, seeing if we could change the house and buy somewhere else. Um, and, you know, once I had the the mortgage secured, then quit my job. Right. Employed. But, um, but yeah, basically we, that's what we were looking for. We were looking for workshops with a house attached because even before I knew her, Jazz just wanted to have a time. She's no interest in having a big flash house. And yeah, e- even when we look at houses, nine out of 10, I'll I'll find a house with a decent workshop and say, oh, this is quite nice. And she's no, nah, it's too big. She she literally just wants a, a a bedroom, a kitchen, and you know maybe a reading nook, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's no interest in having like huge houses and all that. And to be perfectly honest, when I bought this house, the main reason I bought it was because the like the living dining area was so big that it was like actually fuck it, I can I can put a projector up in here, and that was my only thought at the time and i've, I've been <laughs> in nine years and, yeah i've been in nine years and never once set the projector up in the living room it's been in <laughs> every go. other room but not the living room um 
and uh, and yeah, and but then like I got this place because uh, or one of the the main things about this place really was the fact that it, it had a garage, um, but that garage has no electric and it pisses in water even when it's not raining. Um, so I've got a project in the garage, but the garage is even though it's an older garage, it's better than the modern ones. It's still too small to do anything worthwhile with a vehicle in there. So that's why I ended up getting the forge in the village because there wasn't enough room to do it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we kind of uh, we want to move away from where we are at the moment. It's because it's a shared garden. So I can't even put up a, um, a garden shed. And just having that that little space where it's like actually, you know, the 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 ladders, the buckets, the spades and the shit like that can just live somewhere else that's not um that's not in the way, it's not on the workbench sort of thing. Like that on its own makes a huge difference. And having your own property and being able to do that is great because otherwise you end up with this situation where it's like, well, I can't really buy any more tools because I've got nowhere to put them. And yeah, you know, the ones that I do have, I, I don't have anywhere I can use them and so on and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's why it's quite cool seeing um, a lot of the, uh, the guys that live in uh, live in towns and cities, seeing their setups where they've they've set themselves up like Al did in in their house, just in the front room or, you know, they've, they've found a little spare corner and they've just stuck a desk in there and, you know, they're doing um like smaller sort of style crafts just because there's not the space for anything else so i think mm-hmm. that's that's one of the, the great things about having a larger property is it, it it frees you up to do whatever kind of projects you want um without being limited to that space um but then i mean it's... i think sorry I, I i was just gonna say like uh one of the the, the best ones i've seen is there's a um a motorbike garage not too far from me that um they've they've basically got this industrial unit uh they've got um a a camper parked on the premises which obviously as far as the um council are concerned they they definitely do not live in um <laughs> but they've got this this camper parked on the premises they've uh they've done the premises out so that they've got a coffee shop in it but the coffee shop and the mo- motorbike workshop are in the same room it's just it's divided by an invisible barrier that's just now you're in the workshop now you're in the coffee shop and you know they, they sell a few t-shirts and things like that and it's great because it, it's this like awesome kind of it's what everyone wants it's that kind of communal workshop feeling mm. um and i think more and more people are looking for that sort of style of of uh place to go and hang out where they can you know they can grab a coffee and chat with their mates but at the same time they can you know crack on and get some work done mm-hmm. is it is it a sensible environment for more than one person though or am i just thinking at this from kind of a me living on my own and, and working on my own capacity um i mean it, 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 it's, it'd be a bit tricky to bring sort of kids into that environment and have a, a safe place for them to be fucking around but yeah i mean it, it, it's i suppose it's dependent on the on the people i mean they i know that the, the guys that own this do have kids um and that's the thing is like they treat that coffee shop as their living room right for all intents and purposes no i mean like um, my, my, my friends growing up when who for instance like lived in the restaurant or lived in the hotel yeah 
it was yeah. fucking great and they had a great upbringing and they were they were kind of exposed to really interesting and you know if nothing else hard work and, and yeah yeah give them a good work ethic because they were they were constantly surrounded by people working not their parents coming home from work and moaning about this anonymous yeah. place that they've never been to exactly yeah. on a daily basis was really healthy for kids yeah and that's that's the thing is like i mean yeah those, those kids are going to look at what their parents do and they're not going to think of it as being work it's just yeah. it's what they do um but uh yeah no, it, and i think that's it, it's it's a cool thing to see like that sort of thing happening and and it's something that i've uh i've wanted to to do myself is have that kind of um that living and work situation to be all in one mm. but the more that i've i've done that the more i've realized actually being able to escape and go somewhere else to do stuff is really important as well yeah um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah you brought that up when we were kind of chatting in the pre-show and i'm i'm glad you're making a point to say it here because the the idea that i'd be able to work kind of wherever in this space or or set up various little you know crafty stations or whatever it's not even necessarily reasonable because the interior living space is so small like a, a decent sized bed is going to take up you yeah. know a huge amount of the the available space inside um but i think it's what it's going to force me to do is make sure that mostly everything stays outside of that space so that that cabin that exists right now that needs a bit of upkeep and work to get it as as like a residential will just be like well it'll serve the purpose that it's meant to serve which is just solitude and a living space mm-hmm. and then yeah. whatever else i can do regardless of how much paperwork or coding or what the hell i have to do or who do i have to talk to to create separated spaces and not make it feel like it's the exact same place. And it's like, this yeah. is effectively just the workshop. There happens yeah. to be a bed here. And it's it's different than what Al was saying earlier. I feel like Al is pretty keen on this idea of having like, I just live in my workshop. I, I think the idea of having a little bit more solitude to, for my own sake and be able to escape into something that is not the workshop is important to me. And I, I don't think I would have established that um had i not had the opportunity with with jim where it was like i had an apartment 25 minutes away so i was yeah. forced to separate things and very rarely did i work on anything at the apartment because there just wasn't i didn't have any chairs right like i, I couldn't sit anywhere <laughs> on a chair and work on things um but then you know it was we've talked about it before it's like i opened the door to the workshop in the morning and it was like right this is where i work we're here for work yeah and if i let those lines blur a little bit too much things get really comfortable and then it's like well i can see the forge so that's good <laughs> but really there's like breath of the wild is, is like yeah. in my hands right now so i i can see the forge i know there's work available out there but i might just click the buttons on this game for like seven hours <laughs> yeah i mean because that like we, we've been having this discussion uh at work where we're in a position where we need to expand um, the just the size of what we do. Um, the property can no longer uh, hold everything that we need to do in it. Um, so we've we've looked at options, and it's a kind of conversation that's 
forever going on. Um, and we were talking about uh, even just like office space, like having somewhere that uh, Al can go and sit and, and work on things. And and it's it's finding that it's that separation. Um, and the kind of conclusion was that actually, if we were to put um, like a, a site office or something like that, um, somewhere else on the property of the workshop, then actually he's never going to have a day in the office or a day in the workshop. He's just going to spend so much time flitting between the two, trying to do 18 different things at once that he's never going to get anything achieved. And it's it's far better for him to have that complete separation of, you know, he's got to get in his car and drive to the other location. Um, so he makes sure that, you know, he has a full day of doing whatever it is he needs to do, whether that's um, workshop stuff or office stuff, rather than kind of, driving to one a, a single location and not really known before he gets there which one he's going to work on so he's never in quite in the right headspace and then you know he's he's sat at work and he thinks oh actually i could just quickly do that thing and goes into the workshop and gets distracted doing that and yeah it, it's i think it, it's important to be able to um to have someone you can like really sit down and focus on. i think again a lot of that depends on like your personalities because for me I find it um I find my own workshop far too distracting because there's too many things that I want to do in there. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> touch up, all the stuff. Yeah. I end up just like going around the workshop, just picking up different things, going, Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do that. And never really achieving anything because I get too excited about it all. Whereas if I know actually I need to work on these two things, I can go into my workshop, grab the stuff that I need go to Al's workshop and you know go into the teaching area and just use the forges there and and work on stuff there and because I've only got those two things with me it forces me to focus on that mm. um so I think like managing to maintain focus on a uh, a single thing is kind of important and like so different people work in different ways like I I'm really interested to see Brett how you kind of divide up your your workshop space and and how you end up utilizing that as well i mean like are you going to have like presumably in the 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 cabin you're not really going to have room for a desk and that sort of stuff so are you going to put that into the workshop are you going to have a completely separate um like office space or are you going to do a um ship shop thing where you just set your laptop up on the workbench and work surrounded by your tools or you know have you even thought about that sort of stuff yet <laughs> i have uh, and it, it's been say like a week and a half since I, you know, set foot on the the space. I think a lot of it's just going to come down to like walking it out, putting, putting, I'm seeing myself just like putting tools on the ground and being like, okay, what is the footprint of all these things? Cause I don't have a lot to begin with, but it's not like I can build a, you know, 10 meter by 10 meter structure next to the house and just be like, yeah, we're good. Like the amount of money that that would cost, let alone like the permitting and all the bullshit that I'd have to do it. It's not yeah. feasible. So I'd like to utilize whatever the workshop space is as I'm seeing it as ship shop 2.0 and being able to consolidate things a little bit better. Know that my workspace has all of my tools and equipment and it's not spread out between, uh, you know, when you guys were visiting, you could see that there was, 
the majority of my stuff was there but then once we went over to the blacksmithing area over on jim's property then i had a few hammers or like a vice or whatever the hell it was it's going to be a challenge to um for lack of a better term optimize the space but i also think that's part of i i that's like one of my favorite things to do right is yeah small space this is what i need i don't need more than this and then figure out how to really make it work to your benefit and yeah like the idea that being able to set up the coal forge and if i can do that kind of thing that would be the biggest footprint of any piece of kit that i've got and so then it's just kind of building out from there it's like okay the forge is here it has to be this big and i need space around it great now there's a post vice somewhere okay there's one toolbox okay that takes up this space and then i just the space you paint yourself into a little bit of a corner but again yeah. that's why i'm doing like a three-sided structure because i'm like well yep and then i just work in a horseshoe shape <laughs> and then the, you know out the front easy peasy there's yeah. al- there's always the kind of you, you brought it up last week the kind of the jimmy approach to um life drawing where you just stick another piece yeah. of paper on <laughs> and keep drawing <laughs> yeah you don't have to like um, trap yourself into this this confinement of right can only work. so it's the same with me so like i was doing a lot of welding and a lot of grinding in the shack everything's just made of sawdust and it would and basically setting it fire every week so i was like okay anything from now on like that i'm going to do outside and now i've got like a little like pagoda thing yeah yeah. from the rain i can do my sparky flamey shit out there and i'm not trapped in the confines of that minimum space that they said i i couldn't go any bigger than (laughs) like well too fucking bad (laughs) yeah well yeah, yeah i i i think the potential to you know, start in a reasonable manner instead of getting these grand ideas of like whatever gets put down is the final thing and it will never change from it. The idea that things can be modified after the fact is invigorating to know that it's not just like me working within a a structure that's already created. Yeah. That's, that's one aspect of it to go, Oh, well I get to build the space. That's great. And it's like, okay, maybe just start, small like do the pagoda thing right just put a roof on a few sticks Mm -hmm. see if you can figure out a way to secure it properly so that you can leave and and feel good that it's like safe um and then if six months down the line you go you know i could really use an extra three square meters of space well like i i never used it once thank god i didn't spend there you go around building this huge (laughs) thing there you go actually is a waste of time yeah i mean I think for a workshop like that, like my big thing for uh, um, in our workshop at the moment is putting as much as we can on wheels, mm-hmm. just because that means that actually if it's not in use, then it can fuck off into the corner and yeah. not be in my way. Um, and like, obviously there's a lot of stuff that we can't put on wheels because it's bolted to the floor. Um, but like, there's so many interesting um interesting like ideas and techniques and uses for small spaces out there like uh steven's eight by six is it eight by six yeah yeah uh like the the way that he set um his workshop up is fascinating it's really really cool and like there's there's so much potential for cool things like, like i mean jim's um like the three station flip workbench 
thing and like stuff like that like there's so many cool things like that you could potentially do um but i think it's like the one thing that i've i've realized with uh with my workshop is actually doesn't matter how much i think about it and how much i plan it out it's it's never gonna be perfect the first time around i still am always gonna like try something in a different space and go oh yeah this is so much better and then a month later go this is a terrible idea now that thing's in my way all the time <laughs> it's and, a terrible yeah. idea yeah and like and that ha that that whole thing of like actually you know you're gonna have to constantly it, it constantly evolves it constantly changes um and you know it, it constantly gets better and and hopefully at some point your entire workshop becomes spiffing Yeah, it's Azab. Azab, which means Al is first. Um, yeah, just thinking about. Um, I'm not going to pretend uh, Steve thought of this one for me because my mind was blank. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, uh, talking about kind of making a space where you work um, or where you live, and then working in that space. But vice versa could be actually working where you live. So uh, Mr. Jeffrey Smith, um, who has entertained us uh, with many a, a, a funny and charming video that's usually shot in his house, has been working on his house lately. So it's just nice to see uh, that flip side of it where actually you can you can make the the project and the work you're doing actually benefit the place you're living as opposed to vice versa where kind of you try to shoehorn the other way around. So just nice to see someone yeah. doing up their house, going a journey, um, the transformation and stuff. And it's obviously <clears throat> speaking there. of going on a journey, the fucker's always on holiday. Well, yeah, I don't know. He's a he's a fucking geezer, isn't he? He is. <laughs> I mean, Steve says that as if he doesn't constantly post taking Murphy for you know four day long walks. <laughs> it's like twenty minutes a day. Shut <laughs> up. And for the last fucking six weeks it's been in gale force winds and sideways rain gale weathers. all right yeah gale weathers <laughs> yes jeffrey smith aka mr jeffrey smith uh go check him out on the instagrams you probably find him does most of his shiz. he also has a youtube channel which is also mr jeffrey smith. yes making some yes, cool yes, things yes. for the maker central yes yes yeah no that is a, a good shout by me um Jeff is a <laughs> he's, uh, he's an ace guy. <laughs> Your turn, oh, Steve. You uh, I uh, I am going to shout out someone that is completely unrelated to what we've been talking about. Um, Great, but someone that is often seen and not heard. Um, Me and and uh, no, you're definitely heard. Um, and who? I could honestly say if he came up to me and slapped me in the face, I would not know who it was because I've never seen his face. Uh, because he, in fact, I'm going oh uh, to try and I was going to try and describe his av avatar and I, I can't. Um, but yeah, Mr. Fred McIntyre. Um, who is always there, always helping, helping uh always commenting on 
every single person that I follow, he seems to follow as well. Um, guaranteed a uh, comment from him, even if it is just the uh, the standard thumbs up, fist bump emoji. Um, but yeah, super nice guy, super active uh, in the community. Um, I think he he must have the largest collection of maker shirts there is. Um, but yeah, uh, he's he's ace. Um, if you don't follow Fro, go and go and check him out. Yes, and, uh, and give some love to someone that puts so much love out there in the community. Uh, Brett, you're next. Hey, so this really popped into my head uh, when Steve was talking about the coffee shop, motorcycle shop situation. Um, and I'm not 100% sure that I've spiffed these folks before, but Brian is the gentleman that I met at uh, Maker, oh, Spring Make, the thing in Cleveland. And I know we've got our little Cleveland crew going on with like Franco and Tim and everybody, but uh, Brian runs Skidmark Garage, which is a community, like community supported, community run. I I don't know, like everything about uh, the shop space is not necessarily livable, but everybody has their own station with like a lift on it. You can put your own kit and tools on the wall. Um, you rent the space from them and there's maybe, uh, I'd say there's probably like 20, 20 lifts that you can come in, utilize the space, even if it's for like a short term, most of the people tend to stand there a little bit longer, but they also have just passed all of the work. So as you walk into this building, you're surrounded by classic motorcycles and tools and all this beautiful stuff. There's music playing, you go past it and there is a pool table and a wet bar, and couches, and hangout space, and then there's like some more projecty stuff in the back for people to just go and chat. Last time I was there, they had a drum set set up, because one of the guys like playing drums, Hmm. Um, and the vibe of that place, like we've been there, I went, yeah, so Craig, uh, Craig, who's running the Maker Summer School, or Maker Summer Camp, or whatever, Craig Coffee. He took us there very first year uh, just to show us off like some local creative maker gearhead types. And then last year we ended up hanging out there again. And now this year uh, I will be attending the uh, maker summer school thing. Jess and I are going to be doing some forging. Um, and I can't wait to go back there, man. Like the, the creativity that comes out of the space and the community vibe like yeah. everybody was strangers before they get in, but they all have the commonality of want to work on these bikes. And so the people that you would see walking into the space of like the 18 year old kid who's in between schooling, working on a bike. And then the guy who looks like he's lived underneath his motorcycle for 60 years <laughs> yeah. and they're 10 feet away from each other. And they're both just passionate about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm spiffing Skidmark because I like the, <laughs> their name is ridiculous but i like the idea behind the the workshop or the community uh garage space brian just also happens to be a great guy so if there's anybody in the area uh that doesn't know franco or tim or listens to this and you know might want to get into a garage space or you can i think you can just go and hang out there too i think he's it's just like an open shop when the weather's nice so skidmark garage on Instagram, 
guy that runs its name is Brian. He is fantastic. Yeah, cool. That, that's a good shout because every time I look at that place, I think it looks like uh, it. It kind of looks like one of those um, things you see on action movies where all the like <laughs> the heroes hang out in that workshop, and it's like ah, oh, that that kind of place doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, and uh, apparently it does, and it's amazing. And I'm so jealous that you got to spend time there because <laughs> the place looks fucking awesome. Um, cool. Is there any other business? Not from my end. Sweet. Cool. In which case, you can find us on all of the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al Snapshack. Al Snapshack! And if you want to find us as a collective, you can find us all having a lovely, cozy sleepover because we're all very tired. Good night, children. <laughs>